This is a podcast from Minute Media. Welcome to the All You Can Heat On Air podcast. Please welcome your hosts, Jack Simone and Kenneth Wilson. Welcome to the first episode of the All You Can Heat On Air podcast presented by Fansided and AllYouCanHeat.com. I'm Jack Simone. I'm here with Kenneth Wilson. As you heard in the intro, uh, we're the two site experts at allyoucanheat.com, and we're ready to get the ball rolling today. How you doing today, Kenneth? I can't complain, man. I'm always, you know, happy to talk ball, and especially Miami Heat ball. And with us being so close to the season and everything, man, it just makes the experience that much, you know, that much uh, greater for me. And with it being the first episode on this platform, uh, something else that we're doing to kind of, you know, broaden the reach and expand the site as far as bring you different versions and forms of this content goes. So like I said, man, I'm just happy to be here. Always happy to talk ball. A hundred percent. I can't wait for the season to start. I've been trying to get into football. I've been trying to get into soccer, anything just to get, you know, my fix of sports, but there's nothing that compares to NBA basketball. You know me, I'm from Massachusetts. So uh, Celtics are always up there, but I really cannot wait to watch the Miami Heat this season. I think they've got something special, obviously the Lowry additions and uh, what we're talking about today, media day, got me even more hyped. What do you think of Media Day as a whole? I mean, it was cool. I mean, I never get too high, I get too low on Media Day because things can kind of unfold differently based on what you might think, not just as far as only Media Day goes, but coming into the season as a whole. So you never get too high, you never get too low on those things, but they're always good talking points, good things to build off, baselines, things to go back to to reference at different points in the season. But uh, like I said, man, it just basically they give you some nuggets, give you insight on what the guys are thinking about their new look situation. But you got to see them play ball before you can make any hardcore, solid determinations. 100%. I've been saying the same things in the articles I've been writing. Media Day, it sets the stage for the season, but you can't take anything uh, seriously until you see them produce on the court. So I, I agree with you on that, on that point. But the first thing I did want to bring up uh, was something I uh, actually wrote about. Um, the title of the article, I believe, was why Tyler Hero is the missing puzzle piece on this team or is the the most important puzzle piece on this team. And I truly believe that. I think, obviously, you got a big three. You got Lowry, who they just signed, Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, who've been there. But I think if Tyler Hero can take his game up to the next level, which, based on what has been said in media day, you know, uh, Eric Spolster says he's been putting that work in. Bam Adebayo talked about Tyler Hero and, you know, him getting his head down. I think if he can take that next jump, which I don't know if that's all-star, borderline all-star, sixth man of the year, I think he takes that next jump, jump, it takes the heat to the next level. I mean, here's the thing about that. That's always been the case, though. And I think when you say that, it sounds pretty mundane and it sounds pretty elementary or basic. And you're like, what are you talking about? I mean, everybody can see that on the surface. Yes, but that's the whole point of it all. From the onset of his career, um, you could see that if he was clicking, he helped take the heat to a different level. And that's kind of what, you know, sparked the whole legend or myth of Tyler Hero, if you want to call it that. Um, I guess, you know, the whole saying goes, though, the higher up you climb, the harder you fall. Or it's kind of gravity. I guess the higher you up you are, the more momentum you're going to fall with. And not that he's falling, but to kind of highlight how, you know, how much people were on his case last year for what they called a down year when, on the surface, I mean, if you look at his numbers, they were up without a great statistical or efficiency drop off, but we won't go there because, you know, you're going to have people on either side of it. But from the very onset of his career, man, he's been the guy where if he was clicking and things were going good for him, then that tended to reflect in the heat's fate. So to say, you know, specifically now that 
his outlook or his production or his next stage in development will be direct reflection on the Heat's fate. I mean, it's absolutely true because that's stated throughout this whole little last few. That's always been the case with him. Does that reflect more on him, though, or more on the Heat? And that's what I struggle to figure out. And does it really matter? No. But, you know, if it reflects more on him, then that's another, you know, bullet point on the case of how good he really is and how much people are, I don't want to say taking him for granted because I feel like even the negative or the poo-pooing or the calling him out or the saying he has a down year or had a down year last year, that's rooted in something good because the expectations are there or you've seen how good he can be. So I guess this is me also being the ultimate optimist. But at the same time, you know, I think he's right, he's right where he should be. And I wrote a piece uh, maybe within the last couple of weeks, the last month or so, and the headline was, is Tyler Hero still right on schedule or something to that effect? And basically, yeah, he is. Because as I mentioned, last year his numbers went up without a great efficiency drop-off, even if they weren't as great as people expected. But you had to look at what happened between the first and second part of the bubble as the leap, the quote-unquote leap. And I keep saying that, but that's important because there was more time, four months, between the beginning of the bubble and the ending of the regular part of that season than there was between last season and the actual bubble season, two months. So, you know, I agree, man. Wherever he is and however high he can continue to climb, that's a great barometer of, you know, where the heat will go. I agree. And I think it was kind of unfair, the criticism like you've been hinting at that Hero got after last season. I think you, you take a look at that playoff series versus the Bucks, which obviously no one played very well in. You know, Jimmy, uh, Bam played okay, but Hero struggled as well. And I think a lot of people take that one playoff series as a reflection of his whole season. But like you said, he improved in almost every statistical category. The only place he went down a little bit was three-point percentage, and he still shot league average on more attempts, which is very impressive. So. Uh, you gotta take like a look at all that. Not thing. to cut you off, but you hit it. <laughs> he he shot more attempts. It's like you if he stays the same, then you're screaming for him to shoot more. But if he takes more and it's a slight efficiency drop off, and he's still right there at league average, it's like can you be so mad? You, he he has to work on something. He's not the six million dollar man. Not to cut you off, but that was a great point that you hit on. Hundred percent. He's taking more shots. He's getting a, a larger load in the offense, and I think he'll have an even bigger role uh, in this offense this season, which some people might not agree with because you you think of it at base level. You say, okay, they're adding Kyle Lowry. He's going to take more shots. He's going to do this. Kyle Lowry, at his root, at his best, I believe, is a pass first player. You take a look at his best season of his career, which you know six All Star appearances in a row before last season, by the way, which a lot of people are underrating Kyle Lowry, but that's a topic for a different day. In his best season. His best season where he won an NBA championship, and I don't know how you can argue any other season was his best season because he won a chip. He averaged almost nine assists a game. So Kyle Lowry at his roots as a pass-first player. Jimmy Butler, who many argue, you you could say Jimmy Butler had his best season in the past two years, pass-first player, averaging seven-plus assists a game, leading the Heat. So you need someone to take those shots. And as you've said to me before, only one person can take the shot per possession. If Tyler Hero can be a guy that can take that shot and hit that shot consistently— his success and his consistency, I think that's the key word here, is going to not determine how good the Heat can be because I think the Heat will be great regardless, but I think it determines the ceiling to some degree. You know what I'm saying? And I think that's why I always chose my words carefully. And even if you'll notice at the end of my last little spew, I use barometer because whereas you're looking at a barometer, it's not an absolute measure as much as a relative measure on something else. So... I agree with you there because they had the potential to be very good. However, like you said, their floor and their ceiling has a lot to do 
with what his production looks like. Um, to hit on a point that you made earlier as well, and I don't want to get too far away from it. Yeah, that was something that we struggled with earlier before the show actually wanting to talk about, um, which was the rankings and everything else. So we can definitely talk about at some future purpose or some future show how underrated the Cal Laurie is. Now back to Tyler Hero and his relationship with Cal Laurie and how that's going to impact each other, man. Again, I agree with everything you said. I really don't have anything to add because you said everything that I was thinking, maybe in a different manner. But I had this quote from Ira Winderman earlier of South Florida Sun Sentinel, of course. Um, and he says, Tyler Hero and Cal Laurie, we're all living in his world. Hero says, biggest early camp takeaway is how much of a leader Laurie is. Now, when you have a guy in Tyler Hero who's, for lack of better terms, everything that Cal Laurie is away from being able to be an elite lead combo guard. And I said it, an elite lead combo guard. Now, mind you, everything that Cal Laurie is is a whole lot. So we're talking a whole lot, but at the same time, you're putting yourself in a position where you have a guy with the ability and the natural scoring talent. And I, I mentioned this as well. He's a good creator, but his handle is shaky. And though you may have a hard time imagining that, because I've had a hard time constructing it constructing that as a theory in my head but when you think about it he's not he's actually good at creating plays for other people finding other people and maybe that's just because he's so good at creating for himself that he draws a lot of attention which provides easy passing lanes or easy situations but as far as his handle goes to be that natural playmaker from the lead guard or at the top of the thing or you know starting off every play for a unit um his handle would have to improve but putting him in a position to learn from a guy like Kyle Lohr, man, and just the way he seems to be embracing that situation early, it can only, you know, lead to everything that we're saying needs to happen. And as you mentioned, and like I said, I chose those words carefully. With Kyle Lohr, with Bam Adebayo, which is the topic we'll get to next, so don't want to step on our own toes. And with Jimmy Butler in tow and everything else they were able to do in the offseason, specifically you talk about guys like P.J. Tucker and Marquise Morris to show up that bench and add some more power and versatility um, they have a chance to be very, very good anyway. But the Tyler Hero takes another leap close to the leap he took between the two parts of the bubble. So you're talking about a team that's right there with Milwaukee and Brooklyn. I'm not talking about a click below, a tier below. I'm talking about with everything they have the potential to be able to throw at you at their peak, Victor Oladipo. Something else we'll save for later. But, I mean, I'm chomping at the bit here, man. Um, they, they're right there in the room if Tyler Hero also – does his part and takes another step forward yeah and not to go too far down the kyle lowry rabbit hole because like you said we'll get that get to that another time the impact he's going to have on guys like hero and duncan robinson to throw him in there too is going to be so monumental like just him as a passer and like you said a leader which hero did you know point to during media day i, I don't think people fully understand how great of an impact larry's going to make but um to get to tyler hero one of the points i made in the article that i wrote um, about him being the most important puzzle piece is that you take a look at these championship teams, right? And and not to compare the Miami Heat to like, you know, the best teams of all time, but like just for the purpose of the exercise, right? You look at the Bucks last year. They had a big three, you know, Giannis, Middleton, Drew Holiday. And obviously the Miami Heat big three is different for the ways, but for the purpose of argument, you know, all-stars. And then you look at the supporting cast, right? They have great players. Dante DiVincenzo, Bobby Portis. They've got those guys. If Tyler Hero reaches this full potential, those guys on that Bucks team were veterans and they were there to play a specific role. Tyler Hero still has so much room to grow that he could be an even better supporting piece than most people realize because he is that young and he, because he does have that much of a chance to shine on this Heat team, I think. 
Well, see, that goes back to the very beginning of my conversation or the part of the conversation that we're having that I have contributed. We have to realize that Tyler Hero jumped right on the scene. Like, we didn't wait a year. We didn't wait two years. He jumped right on the scene and started becoming the guy that we began to expect so much from. So you hint on the fact that he's so young, but you also have to look at the fact that people aren't considering that when they're holding him to these high expectations. And no, that's not to say that you shouldn't hold him to high expectations. That's saying that you have to realize the trajectory that he's on is already paranormal. It's already extraordinary. Young guys don't contribute like that early. So your standards, while they should be high based on his talent and based on said output that he did contribute, I agree, you should also have an asterisk in there to realize, hey, man, we're also talking about a young guy, 22, 23. I, I can't exactly remember how old he is right now, but he's no older than that. I promise you. Matter of fact, I, I, agree. I have to check. I, I have to check it out for myself. <laughs> I, I have to know the exact number because now it's 21. Me. I'm pretty sure. Oh, he's my God. He's, tw- he's 21 years old, Jack. Like, he's 21. <laughs> the guy was yeah. Like, I mean, we talk about everything he's doing in Miami. He's just able to legally go buy a drink, for crying out loud. So, <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, we have to realize that the guy jumped right on the scene and became a primetime contributor um, from the onset, like 19, 20. Um, and that's another thing, because you say 19, 20, because what, uh, there's, there's an interesting part, and we could talk about heat ball all day. That's why I tell you I love to talk about heat ball. Um, not to make excuses for last season to go totally off topic, but the age confuses me because once you think about it and once we kick off the first regular season game this year, there will be parts of three NBA regular seasons played in one calendar year. That's crazy. So, so that's weird. why I'm a little confused about the age. You know, I usually be able to associate it, but hell, there's been three seasons in one year. So, yeah, man, we're expecting a lot of a 21-year-old guy, and people are holding to a high expectation, rightfully so, because he's talented, and he's shown to be a guy that could be a difference maker. But at the same time, you have to understand that he's still 21. He's still a young guy. He's still ahead of schedule. He's still on a trajectory, unlike other guys in his draft class that are of his same age throughout the Angels of NBA history. And actually, he probably should have been drafted much higher in that draft class to throw another bullet point or feather in his cap. But... That's just the thing with him, man. If he gets where he should be, then that's greatness. If he doesn't get any better, you'll be mad. But he's still a good NBA player right now. He's still giving you 14, 15 a game. Like, like consistently. In, in what world is that bad? <laughs> it's not. It's not bad by any stretch of the sal- imagination. You mentioned his salary. What does he make, Jack? He makes like $6 million. <laughs> so- which is not a lot for a guy Your giving you 15 points. $15 million a year to produce what he... I'm, they're, they're, wouldn't you agree there are guys in the league that make $15 million a year to give you the same numbers? 100%. And some some make more to give you the same numbers. Right. So, and, and I use this comparison and people kind of shy away from it. And this is the floor comparison. Excuse me, I he's making this. $4 million. Excuse me, wow. let me correct myself. Wow. <laughs> As the saying goes, what do you want for free? Um, I use this comparison to kind of nip you. When I'm writing, this is my theory, and I'm giving away my secrets here. Um, I try to imagine every argument that might be said on social media, in a person's head, uh, in the comment section, to their homie, to me. I try to imagine every counter argument or every counterpoint against the points or the point that I'm trying to make. And I try to address those at some point 
slightly, medially, or largely throughout the same piece. Now, I, throughout doing that, and I do that in conversations too sometimes, just to kind of hedge myself to make sure that we're going to a place where we both can continue to conversate. Because, you know, sometimes on social media, things can go into oblivion and a rabbit hole where you feel like this situation isn't about getting to an end just as much as about one party or another wanting to continue arguing. So I've come to a point where I hedge the bets and said, at his floor, he'll be a supercharged Lou Williams. And you get pushback on that. And I'm thinking to myself, hey, man, he's that now. He's that now. So even if he doesn't continue to take the leaps by the same, let's use a, a statistics word, by the same deviations, if the, if the size of the leaps per year aren't the same size, he can only get better, even if that means from seeing more, even if that's mediumly. So if he only continues to get better, he has no choice but to be a Lou Williams type because he's that now. Okay, I'm done ranting. I'm off the soapbox. You, you did something. <laughs> no, yeah, I got you. I mean, you look at Lou Williams' sixth man of the year year. The first one he won was in 2015. Uh, he was putting up around 15 points a game, two assists, two rebounds. Guess who's putting up those exact numbers? Hmm. <laughs> You're not wrong. You're not wrong. And, I mean, like I was saying earlier, if he does play that well this year and the Heat are better, because I think a big reason that the Heat weren't in the conversation for more All-Stars or All-NBA or whatever is because they were towards the bottom of the conference, and that was just because COVID. A lot of teams dealt with that. They play better, top three seed. No reason Tyler Hero is not going to be in six minute of your conversations. There's no reason. Even if he doesn't jump up at all from where he is now, I still think he could be in those conversations. And the craziest part is I've had this information ever since you mentioned, you know, he jumped right into the NBA and started producing. Tyler Hero, his one year at Kentucky, averaged almost identical numbers to his rookie season in the NBA. You know how crazy that is? He was putting up the Who same does numbers. That? <laughs> not that? a lot of people. Not a lot of people do that. That's Mind absolutely wild. He was a wild. freshman and then a 19 yep. and 20 year Crazy. Oh, and then, him. I'm sorry. <laughs> you go ahead. And then he went into the playoffs and then he played even better. And now, of course, you know, it, it was tough going right from the bubble to having to play another NBA season. This is the first time Tyler Hero has had an actual NBA offseason. This is the first time Duncan Robinson has had an actual NBA offseason. Just imagine the leap they took from that little, like, stint in the regular season to the bubble. Imagine the jump they can take, like you were hinting at, with, what, three months of actual downtime to work on their game? Like, we're judging Tyler Hero for having a quote-unquote down year when, let me remind you, he didn't actually get any worse. And now he has time to actually improve. He had, what? a month and a half after the bubble to get ready for the next season. And now he, this is the first time he's actually had an actual NBA offseason. Like all these players uh, in the NBA who have been there for even two years or more have had that experience. This is the first time Tyler Hero had that. Not only does he get the chance to improve, he gets the chance to relax, right? Like just take a second because it's been nonstop basketball since he entered the league. Now he gets a second, takes a breath, improves, and now he's ready for next season. I, who knows what we see? To borrow a line from the polarizing, but great, in my opinion, Quentin Tarantino movie, Django. Criticize, criticize, criticize. I, I, all I hear is criticize. But you have to look at the situation in totality. And I think over the course of the last five minutes or so, well, actually last 20 minutes or so now I look at the clock. You see how time flies when you're having fun? Um, over, the last, <laughs> over the course of the last 20 minutes or so, I think we've done a good job of painting that portrait. I mean, there's really nothing else you can say. As stated throughout my initial take, there are going to be people on both sides, and you're going to either 
understand the situation and look at it for what we think it is or you're not and you're going to be hypersensitive and hyperbound on your point and i don't blame you for that because again he put the talent on display to be able to hold into those high expectations so i want people to make sure they hear me out there i'm not judging you for that because i understand what's going on there however also just want to offer you the fact that he didn't get worse it wasn't a down year the cards were stacked against him and even if you look at the situation as a whole, he's still outperforming relative to every other measure. Age, similar players in, in similar circumstances, similar players in better circumstances. I mean, just where he should be, of course, to his, across history and the tradition of how we've seen players go. I mean, you just have a bunch of things going in his favor. But Tyler Hero doesn't have a problem shooting the rock. He'll take the shots. As we mentioned, the efficiency might drop off, but he'll take the shots. <sighs> now, that's more than I can say for some people. No, I'm, I'm not taking the <laughs> shot. I'm just saying, man, it's so frustrating. The next topic we're about to talk about, and it's something that everybody um, that follows the Heat, covers the Heat, have watched the Heat, uh, everybody has pointed it out um, in some way or some fashion. That's Bam Adebayo and, and his seeming lack of aggression at times when it comes to actually finding his own offense, literally shooting the ball. Um, and I'll let Jack take the floor after I finish introducing it here, but it manifests itself in certain ways. For, for a fan like me and a guy that covers the heat, it shoot the ball, man. But then you have other people, maybe from the outside looking in, or people that aren't as passionate about me, because um, I know Bam is great, so it isn't a thing of hatred or I'm knocking him. I'm, it, it's back to that same situation with Tyler Hero. I understand why you're criticizing him, because you know how good he is and should be. So that's my thing with Bam. It's like, I understand everything he does that makes him great overall and what his impact is to the Heat team. Not knocking that, need that, love that. Don't change that. Continue to improve that. But at the same time, you can be so much better. The Heat can be so much better. And you can improve things on all fronts so dramatically if you simply take the shots. And as I said, that's how it manifests itself with me. But for other people, they see all of these things and they see all of his ability and his talent and all of his skill from handling, his ability to create, his decision-making, his ability to be able to make the passes that he sees and, you know, his ability to be able to put himself in certain positions and help his teammates do the same thing. And they wonder the same thing. Why isn't this guy being more offensively aggressive? Why isn't this guy taking over games? Why isn't he doing more in the isolation? And again, I have other facts and other takes that I'll bring up, but Jack, you have the floor. Yeah, 100%. You mentioned that a lot of fans, a lot of writers, a lot of people are talking about, you know, Bam Adebayo, take more shots. Even Chris Bosh got in on the action. I know you wrote about that. Even he's talking about it. If Chris Bosh is telling you to do something, you got to do something, right? And I, I think it extends. Bosh was talking Pardon me, the about... most humble man on earth. <laughs> exactly. The most humble man on earth. When he tells you to do it, come on now. You got to take that advice. Oh, thank you for the shout out, by the way. <laughs> exactly. I got you. But Chris Bosch, I think, when I read the quote, was mainly talking about Bam Adebayo extending to the perimeter, taking more mid-range shots, taking more three-point shots, which I think he definitely needs to do. I think it's so much more than that, too, though. Bam Adebayo needs to drive the ball. We see these things from Team USA where he's, like, dribbling between the legs, hanging on the ball, point, bam, that's a thing. He needs to drive the ball. You tell me there, there's maybe two players in the NBA that I think could have a chance at stopping Bam if he's driving full speed at the rim. And that's Ben Simmons and Giannis Antetokounmpo. And we're talking two of the best defenders in the entire league right there. I don't think there's another one because you talk about other great defenders. Rudy Gobert, he's not quick enough to keep up with Bam. You look at Marcus Smart, you know, my, my hometown guy. He's not tall enough to keep up with Bam. 
Who's going to stop Bam if he decides he wants to get to the rim? I think that's the missing piece. I think shooting's important. Obviously, you need to stretch the floor. You need to do that. I think that's another step to the game. But I think Bam Adebayo taking more drives and cutting to the rim more this season with the help of Lowry and Jimmy Butler now, who he has two of the best passers in the NBA on his team. Bam Adebayo drives to the rim more, gets to the rim. He could average 20-plus easily, just like that. Snap of fingers, I think. I, I, I think that's the most important development for Bam this season. Um, yeah. Do you think it's that, or do you think shooting is more important than him driving? It, it's funny that you set me up that way. That's, that's, that's great on your part, because I always, as I mentioned with the Tyler Hero thing and the barometer, I watch how I word things because I don't, I'm not meticulous about how I word things because I'm trying to, you know, keep from getting the hose poked that way. I'm really careful about my words because words mean what they mean. So I always tend to say he needs to be more offensively aggressive because I agree with you. Mm-hmm. I think that the scariest, if Bam ever decides that he's going to do what we're all calling for, the scariest thing in the coach's mind, the opposing coach's mind, the scariest thing in any of the other players' mind, I'm talking over Jimmy Butler. I'm talking over Duncan Robinson. Well, maybe not over Duncan Robinson wide open because the man is 40. Good. Everything outside of Duncan Robinson wide open from three, the scariest thing in the opposing coaches and players' mind would be Bam Adebayo in the triple threat. Because the offensively aggressive Bam Adebayo can, can not only take that and create an open lane for another one of his guys. He can not only take that and create an open tray ball for Duncan Robinson, for Tyler Hero, for Jimmy Butler, fingers crossed that he shoots the three, for Kyle Lloyd. He can not only take that and make a play happen for somebody else, but an offensively aggressive Bam Adebayo can take that, hit you with a couple of moves, take that mid-range jumper, extend back, take that long-range jumper that Chris Bosch is telling him to just shoot. Or, or, with all of the skills that I mentioned, with the the between-the-legs stuff that you mentioned, a triple-threading Bam Adebayo that's also offensively aggressive can take that, go off the dribble, and put everybody in the paint, in the rim, and tear the backboard down when he does it. That's what an offensively aggressive Bam Adebayo in the triple threat can do because he's just built like that from an athletic perspective, from a strength perspective, which is also coming back this season. I've seen it noted on Twitter by several guys uh, just throughout the reports how last year, because of the shoulder, he couldn't get the lift in, and they used the pitchers, the team pitchers as evidence. And I went back and I started looking at other photos, and you can see it. He wasn't the same thick self, for lack of better terms, uh, muscularness. So the power... So the power situation is back there. So, man, um, I, I mean, the triple threat, offensively aggressive, bam, the triple threat would be the worst nightmare in the NBA because you never know what's coming. And he could do all of it. There, He has no ceilings and he has no weaknesses. I agree. And just to double back on that, um, sorry, Tyler, here real quick. Spolster said he added 10 pounds of muscle. So if both Hero and Bam added muscle this offseason, it's over. I, I just got to say it's over, right? So here's the thing. <laughs> We've been hearing that about Tyler Hero, and that, like you said, yeah. had to rehash that because we could spend another hour or two on that too. But mm-hmm. you've been hearing that, right? And you know it's Tyler Hero, so you don't want to hype anything or take anything too <laughs> serious because, you know, people are ready to be like, ah, that's baloney. You, you got a source? Did he tell you that? Where'd you hear that from? You know what I mean? You, you, it's like, man, look, I'm reading the same tea leaves. I'm listening to the same things. I'm doing the research on the guy's accounts. Maybe a little more research than you do. Hmm. Who knows that exists? Who knew that exists? I did. But anyway, <laughs> at the end of the day, you, you wanted to hear it from somebody of merit. Now, he said it, which was enough for me. 
Mm-hmm. But now hearing it from Spo, you, you can't argue with Spo. And yeah. I haven't heard it myself, but I'll take your word for it. So if Spo said it, then what? And also, um, I saw, it's funny you say that, though. I saw a report. It was a tweet from um, Anthony Chang today. Anthony Chang. I'm, I'm sorry. I don't know how to pronounce that. The I always throws me off. Anthony Chang. I hope I'm pronouncing that right, guy. I appreciate you, what you do. Um, he actually tweeted today to Tyler Hero and just something that he doesn't do, like just in the middle of a half court sequence or, you know, semi-transition, just not fast break, just regular, just came through the lane and threw one down. That's something that he, because of his lack of strength and whether that be the ability to get up and finish it strong, whether that be the ability to get up and do that after being beat up through the paint, whether that be the ability to still have the muscular strength and ability to do that after having to go through the physicality that he had to go through on the perimeter, on the way to the cup, for whatever reason, it's strength-based. And now that he is capable of that or has shown that he has that or might be capable of more of that, then that's definite proof. That's exactly what you add that muscle for and just more evidence that, you know, that thing is real. Those inflated arm pictures were in a Photoshop job, man. That's important. So yeah, if, if if both of those guys come back stronger, it speaks for itself. You you got it, Jack. I'm too excited. <laughs> I can't imagine Bam stronger. Bam's already a strong dude on defense. Imagine if he 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 puts that weight that he's got onto the offensive end, like that offensive aggressiveness you're talking about. But anyways, um, something you'll grow to know about me. I'm a big stats guy. Uh, I, I love looking at stats. Obviously, the eye test is undefeated, but I think stats tell tell you a lot about someone's game, right? So I'm taking a look at some stats before we hop on here. I'm looking at paint touches. I'm looking at elbow touches, right? Because Bam Adebayo plays a lot there, whether he's cutting, whether he's in the paint, whether he's at the elbow, making plays for others. Uh, elbow touches, Bam Adebayo finished second in the league in assists off of elbow touches, right? Number one was Jokic, and he was the <clears throat> MVP, right? And so then you look at Bam Adebayo in paint touches. He was tied for seventh, right, out of – all the players in the league and the players above him, some of them played like significantly less games. So if we're talking about a guy who can get in the paint and be a secondary playmaker, right? Cause like I mentioned earlier, you have two of the best playmakers in the NBA at the head of that team. You got Lowry, you got Jimmy Butler. Not only is Bam, I think going to take this next step on offense, which if he applies this, you know, theory of offensive aggressiveness, you've been talking about which he can be, you have a guy who once he, inevitably gets doubled, right? Because they're not just going to let Bam work in the paint all game. He's going to kick it out to who you got on the perimeter. You got P.J. Tucker in the corner and Duncan Robinson on the wing. And then Kyle Lowry at the top of the key. You got three 40% three-point shooters at their peak on the three-point line for Bam to kick it out to. That's like prime offensive real estate the Heat got right there, right? Like Bam Adebayo takes that next step. This Heat offense is going to be so, so much better than it was last year because admittedly they struggled last year on that end. So that's what it's about for me, man. When people hear aggression or when people hear shoot the ball, they think one thing. Um, and for me, that goes back to the words you choose. And, and that's why I said not aggression, but shoot the ball because aggression not only is about you, but it's about your team. So that whole impact where I mentioned Tyler Hero might be a good creator because of how the defense reacts when he goes to create for himself, that's what offensive aggression does. So you're speaking to that with the creation that he can do from the areas that he has access to, from the areas that he tends to live in, and from the areas that he can put himself in with his skills if he just decides to be more aggressive with the ball in his hand, with isolation, that'll create those looks that you're talking about. 
I mean, to a couple of numbers as you spoke with. I'm a huge eye test guy, but don't get me wrong. I've gone to appreciate the numbers, but I don't, what I don't like is the random numbers that can't be attached to anything. And there are always numbers that can be attached to something in the game, but you have to be able to attach them and show me how they have merit to the discussion at hand or how they add new information. That's all. I just don't like the random, this number, that number, this number. Now, this is what that means. Like, well, you haven't said anything. You just showed me a bunch of numbers. But I agree. Got some numbers for you. Bam averaged 12.5, 12.5 attempts last season, right? A number that was up 1.5 attempts from the year before. He increased his scoring average three points last season from the season prior. And that was just on that 1.5 shot increase. So if he could increase his shots maybe two and a half more this season, which will get him to 15, then you have to assume that that's probably like a five to six point increase, which puts him right in that 22 to 24 point range that you were speaking about earlier. So I'm just saying, like, that's something that I've written recently. We have to get him to at least averaging 15 attempts per game because via that offensive aggression, when you're talking guys as good as Bam, and especially overall, guys like guys that do a lot um that aggression can only lead to good things making or missing the shots because even if they're missing the defense now knows hey i gotta account for that which is going to give another guy more space so even create the whole entire look for him so that whole thing about you know getting his attempts up it's not so that he can score it's to make the team better now if that comes by him scoring then it is what it is. But that also is just what's needed to take him as an individual player to the next level. Because I'll put it to you like this, and this is my thing. We talk about Tyler Hero, and if he continues on his trajectory, he's got the juice. He's got the sauce. Kyle Laurie and Jimmy Butler aren't going to be there forever. They're going to be there for three, four years, five max, five absolutely max, six. I don't know what Jimmy Butler's deal is. Five max. Um, But I know it's for at least four more. But five more years max. After that, it's totally BAM show. Now, it's going to start to transition to BAM show in the next two years or so. And BAM has to be ready. And that means on all fronts, offensively, isolation, able to go get a bucket, able to put the team on his back from an offense perspective when he needs to be able to do that, and all of that. And in order to fully become that, he's going to have to become more offensively aggressive. So why not start now when you have Cal Laurie and Jimmy Butler, when you have Tyler Hero still becoming the guy that he is, when you have Duncan Robinson shooting over 40%, like it, like he's waking up and brushing his teeth because he just do that. When you have P.J. Tucker hitting the corner three at a high regular, you know, like he does, even though he didn't shoot it well with Houston over the course of the totality of last year, when you look at his meaningful minutes in situations that meant the most with the Milwaukee Bucks where he went on to win the championship, he did shoot the ball well from the corner and specifically the three-point line again. So don't, you know, those that's one of those situations where people will point to his whole stats from last year and say, no, he isn't a great shooter. And no, he can still shoot the ball. It just didn't mean anything in Houston because they didn't know what they were doing. Not to knock them, I'm just saying, you know, they literally didn't know what they were going to do for a while. But, I mean, it's just the situation where he needs to be offensively aggressive in order for the team to be that best self. And you look at this, man. This is the thing that really gets me. Stats, guys, for you, Jack. In 15% of the games last year, Bam took 10 field goals or less. Now, it doesn't sound like a good number. I mean, a great number. But think about it. In 15% of the games, your second best player took less than 10 shots. There were only 72 games last year, right? Yep. 
So that means in 11 games, Bam took less than 10 shots. Give or yeah. take, 11. Yeah, plus he didn't play all games either, so it's probably less now, than that. Now think about this. I'm not saying we win all 11 of those games if he takes those shots, right? Let's say, let's, let's, let's be extremely generous and say we only win 20, 25% of those games. Give us two and a half, three of those games, right? Those are enough games to put us in a position and not have to face the Bucks in the first round. Those are enough games to perhaps set us up with a matchup against the Knicks or perhaps set us up against a matchup in a matchup against the Hawks in the first round. And again, I'm not going to cry over spilled milk last year. Last year, we're looking forward to a new season. I'm just saying it matters, and that's proof. That's proof, man. Yeah. Two or three games was all the difference last year, and if he took 10 or less field goals in 11 games, if you do more in those games, we don't win all those games, but we have a better chance to win all those games, which inevitably leads me to believe that we can win a few of those games. That's all I'm saying. We're right or wrong, Jack. Do I have? I'm not, okay. I tell you what. I won't put you in a right or wrong position because you're not the end all be all here. Because you know the the people are going to judge us. But am I hinting at something? Is there 100%. a good logic in that take? Hundred percent. And I, I do want to take it to the next step. Obviously, it, it, there's more. It, there's more to it than what I'm about to ask you. But at their best, the Miami Heat. Do you think? Bam Adebayo should be the leading scorer. And like I said, there, there's much more to it than that because different players score at different times. It's all about the team. But at their best, do you think that Bam Adebayo should be the go-to guy on the offensive end? Because for the past two years, it's been Jimmy Butler, and that's been fine. And I, I think a big key to this team's success, if Jimmy Butler can get back to shooting 30% from three like he was in Minnesota, imagine this team. Anyways, th- that's, again, topic for a different time, hinting at something amazing. But at their best, Jimmy Butler shooting the way he has the best two seasons. Do you think Bam Adebayo should be the leading scorer for the Heat to play their best basketball? I'm not going to cheat your question. So I'm going to answer your question no, but I'm going to tell you why. Because of the Heat's philosophy, Miami Heat coach and all of that, a term you'll hear a lot is ball ball and man movement. Um, And what that speaks towards is the versatility. Whoever's open, whoever has the best look, they're going to get the ball. And we're depending on you to finish that shot or to, you know, finish that play. So there are going to be situations where Jimmy is going to be the go-to guy because he has the best matchup or he's on that night. There are going to be situations where Kyle Lowry is going to be the go-to guy because he's on that night, because he has the best matchup, because he's a three-level killer. He's a guy that can pull up from 40 on a dime off the dribble as soon as he cross half court. I'm in my bag, Jack. But anyway, um, they're going to be nice where everybody's going to be dependent on to hit big shots and to be that guy to a certain extent. So while he doesn't have to be the guy, I think you have to be able to count on him as one of the guys. And I can't say that you were able to do that in previous years. Now, I don't know what this year holds. Again, we're hoping, we're praying, we're begging, man, please, please. But in previous years, last year included, and, you know, any year prior to that, you haven't been able to count on Bam being one of those guys. Now, he'll do everything that you need him to do, 15, 18 points, you know, in between all of those moments. But in those last five minutes of the game where you need a guy to go get it done for you, I, I can't say that Bam has been that guy. And I don't, I don't think he'll need to be able to be that guy alone, you know, or the best at that alone for them to reach their peak. But I think he definitely has to be one of those guys. I think it has to be maybe if you want to put a timeshare on it, not in 30, 30, 30, him, Jimmy, Kyle, and 10% for the rest of the team, but maybe 30 for Kyle, 30 for Jimmy, uh, 25 for Bam, and the rest for the rest of the team, if that makes sense. 
Yeah, I got you. That makes perfect sense. I mean, Bam showed it last year against the Nets. I mean, he showed a little hint at it. See, I, I didn't even do that. I didn't do that because I, I would have flipped my whole setup over because I, I that was a piece too. You know, Bam has to be Brooklyn aggressive all the time. One hundred percent. You can't you can't argue that point. And I know we're wrapping up here. We're getting up on it, but you can't argue against the point of wanting or needing or having to see an aggressive ban if you saw the Brook, if you know that that game exists and what he did in that game and not only what he did throughout the game, but how he, anyway, anyway. <laughs> no, yeah. I mean, just take that mindset that you very clearly saw at the end of that game. And like you said, all throughout it and apply that to the whole season. If Bam just sees the rim and just says, all right, I'm going to go put the ball in the rim right now. Like I said earlier, I think there's two players that could legitimately stop him. And then I think the Heat are a whole new ball club. Not that they were bad in years past. They've been very great. Been great. Finals run takes it to the next level, in my opinion, at least. I, I think an aggressive BAM, like you've been saying, just takes the team to a whole other level. And I think you can say the same thing uh, about Tyler Hero, uh, in my opinion, like just to wrap it uh, to the beginning of the show. But uh, yeah, I, I think those two players are going to play a big role. BAM, probably more so. But Tyler Hero, give him a chance to... Get, take the next step, I think. People people aren't giving him the chance. I think that's the big thing. They're getting so drawn up on the bad playoff performance, they need to give him a chance. And this is something I forgot to bring up earlier on. I think because Tyler Hero is so young, he's getting an even worse rep than he should be. Because you take a look, not to drag Jimmy into this, Jimmy played terrible in that Buck series, right? And again, love Jimmy, he's great. But do you see anybody talking about how bad Jimmy's going to be? No. And obviously it's very different because we know how great Jimmy Butler is. But Tyler Hero got dragged through the mud for that series. And, you know, all the trade rumors, everything. Give the guy a chance. This is his first offseason. I think it was just all taken to the extreme. When the, the reports came out, oh, 75% chance he's going to be gone. Well, he's not gone. He's still here. And he's right. Do you know what I'm saying? You, you feel me on that one? I totally agree, man. Everything I've said, man, you, you got you to gotta take it with a grain of salt. Because, like I said, there's always going to be that camp that, it's so against it, and it's going to be the camp that's so forward. And, you know, you just got to let it play out. And if you know what you know, um, and I can't say that anybody knows anything because, again, you haven't seen it and you have to see it. But if you believe something strongly and based on what we've seen, you should believe strongly that he's going to continue to progress as a good player. Um, you just have to let it play out um, and let those people see for themselves because it's certainly looking as though it's going to play out. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and like you said, we're wrapping up on time here, so uh, I think we can call it that. Talk a little Tyler Hero, talk a little Bam, a little bit of media day sprinkled in at the beginning. Uh, is there anything you wanted to say before we uh, wrap this up here? Yeah, man. Like you said on the Brooklyn Bam situation, he just has to see the rim. Why not? Why not? Why can't he? Why <laughs> exactly. Not? There's no reason. No reason why not. That's it. That's it. All right, but yeah, thank you guys all for listening. Make sure to follow. Uh, all you can heat on Twitter. All you can heat one. I'm on Twitter at Jackson MBA Kenneth. And I'm on Twitter at K underscore said underscore Q U E. That's K said K. That's K underscore said S A I D underscore Q U E. Thanks, guys. There you guys go. Make sure to go follow the socials. Read all the articles. All you can heat dot com. Uh, appreciate you guys for listening. We'll see you guys in the next one. Peace out.